Welcome to Soft Bites Podcast. Your life, your dentistry. We talk about ways to have more fun and meaning in one of the coolest and most rewarding professions in medicine. Conversations on how to bring awareness, create a healthy workplace, and provide emotional insights to make dentistry a fulfilling activity while making space for one's wonder, creativity, and freedom. Here are your hosts, Manuela and George Andre. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Soft Bites podcast. Hello, Andre. How are you? Hi, Manuela. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be happy to be here with you. Um, We've uh, been uh, uh, experiencing some uh, sounds complaints from our listeners. Yes. Uh, we apologize about that. So. Especially from my part, <laughs> I apologize for that because I am in uh, I am in the living room. So and I use uh, the mic is good, but I think that I need to get myself closer to the mic. Which I I try to do. I mm-hmm. have some supports here, some arms. So I think that this time. So we we hope that be today better. is better. I, I will let you know when I see that you are to the back. I will remind you to go to, okay, to go to the front. <laughs> oh, that, that's also good because my my back is being hurting. So if I have some posture, not very good yeah. positions, yeah, just let me know. Posture, yeah. <laughs> but this is the first podcast. Is, is this the first podcast since the course? Since the last? Course? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We've been oh, together right. in Sagres for the third edition of the course. It was really, yes. really nice. We had such a, a, a good time and uh, such a, it was, it's always such a magical environment. Yes. And we, we have a new edition already scheduled for October. So the 5th, exactly. 6th and 7th of October for the ones that are listening and want to join us. Um, and and. Today's today's uh, podcast is about uh, uh, actually you, you were the one suggesting this uh, this theme that we're going yeah. to talk about, but immediately when you suggested, I think I uh, it came to mind something that you always say uh, in the course to the ones uh, to the participants. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about. Uh, things you should know uh, if you are thinking about opening a practice. Because I think this is really important for the ones that are thinking about opening a practice. Uh, there are certain things that uh, you should be aware of, and that we're going to, to talk about that. But yeah. you always say during the course that when someone tells you, when a colleague tells you that they are going to open a practice, a dental clinic, um yeah. or or not it, it doesn't need to be from from scratch they can uh, just um take over By someone one. else's someone else's practice but when someone yeah. takes that step because because it's a big step nowadays always yeah. always but i think that nowadays with uh, all the um, the financial part and uh, and the, also the the rhythm of society that we live in um yeah. but you always say that when someone tells you that, that you are so happy, that you are always uh, very happy to hear when someone says, I'm going to, to open a practice. And for me, the first time that I heard you uh, say that, it was surprising <laughs> because it's actually you hear the opposite from colleagues. You know, you, you usually hear, ah, oh, yeah, are you sure? And due do, do to whatever it is. 
but I think that we always have, and I'm, I might be mistaken, but I think that we always have first a fear-based reaction to that to when someone yeah. tells us that they are going to take that step. So yeah. I want to ask you, uh, because I know why you say that, but I want to hear you say it. Why do you have such a positive uh, reaction when someone sa says to you that uh, they are going to open a practice, a dental clinic, that they are going to be owners of a, of a dental clinic? Why are you always so supportive and always so positive and happy about that? Well, um, it's uh, it's kind of interesting, you know. Um, I think that um, actually I never really thought about exactly why. I mean, it's not like a rational um, reaction, let's say. It. But uh, if you think about it, if I think about it, let's say, um, I, I think that um, it makes me happy because... I believe it's an opportunity for the for the personal creativity of each colleague, you know, and um, that is something that is uh, we we don't always have that um, that uh, that opportunity. Um, I always believe, and 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 looking back at the people that they've opened the practice, I think the percentage and the reality that I know I'm talking about the Portuguese reality, okay, which is where things are even more difficult than anything else, you know, than any other country that, that I believe, or at least compared to Europe. So even in Portugal, I think that um, most of the colleagues that, that open a practice, most of them, um, I think the vast, vast majority are not um, regretful. I mean, they, they, within a few years, Uh, I think they are. Uh, they, they think that they made a good decision. Now, um, I think that it's not for everyone, of course. It's not for everyone. But if if that idea keeps popping up in your head, that is because you are the person. Uh, you are one of those persons that it's that that it's actually a, a practice is for you. I mean, if you think it about once in a while and you just dismiss it or you are afraid of it, but if you feel like uh, it's challenging, if you, if, if, you, if you find yourself thinking about the challenges, if you find yourself thinking about solutions for challenges, and if you, think, uh, uh, if you find yourself uh, maybe listening to the podcast and say, well, I, have, I would probably have be doing this differently, I would hire these kinds of persons, This is the way I would I would set dental practice. This is the way that I would uh, set uh, a waiting room. This would be my philosophy. I mean, if you imagine that, even if it's only like for a game or just for 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 having fun, I think you are one of the persons that it's that that, that is um, that is someone that should open a practice. That's what I feel, because at the end of the day. I think that uh, your profession should be an expression of your creativity and should, you should be having fun with it. So if you have fun in your head thinking about what an ideal dental practice should be, then I think you should consider that. I think this is as simple as that. Of course, there's a lot of all other financial uh, uh, limitations and possibilities, of course. But uh, just, to, just to know if you are... If you, if you, If you don't, if you are not sure if you are the kind of person that should open a practice or not, because some people say, oh, I would never open a practice. Some other says, 
Oh, I, I definitely believe that I should open a practice. And some of them they say, well, I, sometimes I think about that. So my biggest uh, advice would, would be if you find yourself thinking about creating, think, creating ways of, of delivering dentistry in, 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 in your own personal way, I think that you, sh- you should consider that. That's what I think. And that, this is why I, 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 I feel thrilled when someone tells me that because I, because I feel they, it's a, a way that they are expressing, they are not afraid of expressing their creativity through, um, through a business, which, which I think is something really important. And it's, it's a very good uh, way of fulfilling and expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's an opportunity for you to create your own environment, right? And, and for you to, to, to be able to, um, to, express, to express yourself, like you said it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity. There's a lot of other things that you have to consider, of course. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's just not like you want to open a practice and just because you have fun with the ideas, you should be. Uh, I mean, you have to make you have to calculate the numbers and you have to to see if you're if you think about opening it yourself or with some mm-hmm. associates. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that you have to consider. So... More practical stuff. Yeah, but so let's let's get for the the, the initial uh, part, like you were saying. So I think that the the first thing that you should really be aware when you think about opening a practice is the reason why you are doing it, because I think that's very yeah. that's very important, and that and that will give you yeah. some guidance also for for several for several uh, uh, yeah. practical ac- aspects. Um, because if you uh, if you don't have this clear reason, then you will never have a clear yeah. vision for yeah. what you will uh, want. What? Yeah, I, I'm just laughing because th- 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 that's one of the most uh, uh, recurrent themes when you have like the discussions that, that we have in the course. And one of the things about one of the good things about the course is that we. We have a lot of, I mean, sometimes out of the lecture uh, interactions, mm-hmm. and uh, we usually start people start start talking about why they should open a practice or not. And I think that's something when when we ask this question to to, to dentists, some of them they get a little bit surprised and they don't know exactly how to answer that. So uh, some of the, some of them believe that they should open a practice, but when we ask them, so why why is that? And we give them a couple of examples and they get a little bit confused. Like, for example, okay, so you want to open a practice because you want to have control over your schedule or you want to open a practice because you want to work within those standards that you believe that are the best. And this is a very common reason. I hear this a lot. They say, well, I I work in places where I cannot do the dentistry that I want to do. And uh, this is one of the reasons that I want to open a practice. Another can be fa- for financial reasons. Uh, or sometimes I tell them, look, your, your dental practice can be your investment for your retirement if you sell it afterwards, isn't it? So, um, so it's... Um, it can be also because there, uh, uh, there was a, a participant last uh, course that told us that uh, it was because she worked with the multidisciplinary teams 
and uh, and she yes. has some communication issues in some of the, cl the clinics that she works. Yes. So she exactly. decided to open her own practice because yeah. um, doing multidisciplinary dentistry is not easy. Yes. And she was she yeah. wanted to be able to control that, and by having her own practice, that's easier to 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 control. So um, so yeah, one of the aspects that, is that also you get very common. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. also a very common a common thing that we hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and, and for, one of for the myself, things. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. yeah. No, I was just going. Uh, I was just going to say this, and then you can continue. One of the things that you sh that you need to know before opening a practice is that you need to work on your communication skills. So this is very important. <laughs> well, that, that's 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 whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do in this life, you have yeah, to work for on sure. that. <laughs> for because sure. For at the sure. end of the day. You are as good as you are able to communicate, okay? unless sure. unless unless that you want to go only just to to the Himalayas and meditate on the top of the hill. Yeah, alone, you have alone. To work on that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, let me think of some other reasons why people tell us they would like to open a practice. Uh, well, for financial your reason, reasons, for example, they, they... your reason. Why was yeah. your reason? Yeah, I was about to tell you that. I mm -hmm. mean, my reason, I don't think it's a very... Co I mean, it, it, it's basically the same thing as when someone tells you that they want to practice better dentistry, whether it is interdisciplinary communication or just they just want to have better materials. They want to have appropriate time for the appointments. They want to do, they want to do the patient workflow or the systems or the, the, the... I mean, the philosophy or the culture of the practice that they want. Uh, and my reason is, I think, within that, which is basically, I wanted to uh, have control over the tech, over the the time of of the appointments, because I wanted to do international publications. That is the reason why I opened my practice. I just wanted to have it like a small playground where I could have fun and photograph and, and record cases to be able to publish them internationally. And it was um, that that was the reason. And uh, uh, looking back, and I talk about this, I've I think that I've talked about this in the podcast, and, and I talk extensively about this in the course. I mean, you, of course that you have to have the dream and you have to have the, um, the drive and you have to know exactly why is it that you are doing that. And looking back, I had no idea that was the reason, you know. It was not something that I would write down or, or that I would think about it. I was just like in... in Let's say not autopilot. I just this is like an expression of my ego, and I want to do this. But one of the things that you have to be careful is that um, the practice uh, opening a practice has financial consequences that can be serious, especially if you hire people or if you uh, are working with uh, if you are using money that is not exactly from you, from it's not your money. Or even if it is your money, you have to be very careful with that, because a business is something that you have to take it with a very um, uh, serious approach mm -hmm. in terms of finances, especially. It will it so, will give you yes. a lot of pressure, right? So you have to be prepared for that pressure. Yes. So yes, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So, mm -hmm. like in, in my case, for example, I opened a practice and I started to do a master degree at the same time. So the financial pressure over myself was was really big, which is something that looking back, I would probably not do it in, in that way. I would, I, I would probably delay a few years more before doing the, my master because I wanted to have more financial stability uh, to be able to do the master because I was, I was spending a lot of money every year. And uh, those are the things that you have to be careful, you know. 
Um, I think that uh, something that makes sense would be, for example, um, uh, let's say uh, um, open a practice. And if you are working in some other places, do a smooth transition. I mean, don't, don't just go all in in your practice. Have it like uh, just go there like one day a week or two days a week, of course, and things will, will, will grow up. But uh, just make sure that you have uh, like a backup plan and, and the finances are in order. Keep your expenses low in the beginning. Um, maybe you can have like a part-time uh, assistant uh, that that stays there like only half the time, and you go that you go there like twice a week. That would be my advice. Just just do the transition smoothly. And I did that in my case. I did that transition smoothly. I hired uh, uh, an assistant part-time. I was working um, three times, three days a week in the practice that I was before, and then I and then I did a smooth transition to my practice. I started like two days a week, then three days a week, and and, and things just took off. But it was uh, looking back, one of the mistakes that I did was that I, I I placed a lot of financial pressure over myself because I was, I was doing a master's degree in London for four years. It was part time, but uh, but the expenses were very high, and it was. Um, and also emotionally, it was it was difficult for me at that time because I was basically I had two big issues in my hands. One of them was studying for the master, and which I enjoyed because I wanted to to be good. I wanted to know the literature. I wanted to give courses. I wanted to, to eventually follow some academic position, which now I I, I, don't, I know that I don't. But at the time, I, it was something that I would I would eventually consider. And at the same time. I wanted to grow my practice. So I think it was too much for me at the time that I could handle. I think I could have taken it easier on myself and maybe more balanced way, maybe delay the master's degree for one or two years. That I think that eventually that would be better. Um, or just do better calculations. <laughs> just, just do the numbers, right? And at that time, I was not really, I had no idea of what management or marketing or whatever that mm-hmm. was. It was only in London a few years later that I came to realize that. So, so one thing that I one of the, the, the advice would be: first of all, if you if it makes you enthusiastic thinking about opening a practice, just think about that. Uh, think about the possibilities. Will you just borrow money? Will you associate yourself with someone? Would you take over a practice? Just just start to think about that because you might be a good person. You might have a lot of fun by opening a practice. That's, that's number one. And number two, just make sure you do the math and so that the transition is smooth and that you know what you are doing. And um, and, the, and and number three, just just don't be afraid of what everybody is telling you, especially in Portugal, that oh, you should not open a practice or things are bad. But 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 the alternative is what if you are not happy in the places that you are, if you think that things should be improved. Um, or if you really don't want to, you don't want you, you can't keep up like you can't keep on like that for 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 a few years. Then yes, opening a practice is you, you you'll be able to do your own playground, right? So mm-hmm. um, even though there's an excess number of dentists, I don't think there is. I think there is still space, even in a country like Portugal. I think there is still space for people who want to do good dentistry and are passionate about it and they want to have like a very good um, patient uh, mm-hmm. service and patient experience. I think there is space for that. But of course, mm-hmm. you have to do the calculations. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you have to make sure that um, that you know what you're doing, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that nowadays there is more awareness on, for example, uh, on this that we just said that you need for to be prepared because there will be a lot of pressure. Right. There will be a lot of pressure. You have to deal with um, financial issues. You you have to be prepared also for for management. You know to do uh, yeah. to to deal with the with with the finances. To yes. Communication, mm-hmm. like we were you were we were saying, going to manage a team, which is not easy. Also, do you think that nowadays there is more awareness for all of this? Because in 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 our generation. It was almost normal to open a practice, like, and the dentist uh, did everything. It was like, uh, you know, it's uh, it it was normal, and you managed everything. Um, do you think that nowadays this starts to be more awareness that you need also to? Um, okay, you're going to open a business. You're going to open um, a dental clinic. But you also have to invest in in uh, in, other, in other skills. So uh, management, how do I do that? Uh, communication, how do I do that? You know, do do you think that nowadays there starts to be more awareness of this, and that actually dentists take this in consideration? So when we are th- when we are talking about things you need to know before you opening a practice. Do you think that when a dentist does this exercise, okay, what do I need to know before opening a practice? They already think about the 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 skills that they need to develop themselves in order to be able to deal with everything that will come with the with the clinic. Just like you said, you open it and you 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 didn't know anything about about those things, right? And yeah. you had to learn, and yeah. and it costs you uh, a lot, probably of your of yourself. Yeah. and you it, and it, you grow a lot it, with it, and it's yeah. it's it's a great teaching. But nowadays, we know yeah. that we you can learn cer- certain things, and um, and of course, you don't need to wait until you learn all of this because you never be prepared. And so, if you it's just like you said, if you feel this something that you you want to do and and it's something that drives you and you have the reason and the motivation you should do it don't wait until you are ready because we are never we are never ready but you should also invest in developing certain uh, certain skills because it will make your life easier and it will be less suffering uh, compared to what you had for example yeah. do you think when you yeah. have young dentists coming sure. to you and asking because uh, we already had people in our course because of that reason, ah, okay, I'm thinking about opening a practice or I just opened a practice or I just bought a practice and I feel that this course will help me with that. So I think there's more awareness. What What is your feeling about that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, um, what I what I see comparing to that time, I mean, I opened my practice in 2005, Okay. So it's a big, big. Uh, it, it's a lot of. Um, it's it's two decades. In two decades, everything changes, right? World. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it is a different world. There was no social media at that time. Um, it really is very, very different. So, so the question is: Do I believe that people are aware of the skills that they need? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. they are much more aware now. Yeah, I think they are much more aware. I think that um, that they understand that you need to have communication skills, management skills, marketing skills, sales skills, um, leadership skills, 
Um, they also understand that the, the profession is quite uh, can be quite a burden, an emotional burden, if if they don't deal with it. So, for for example, for me, looking back, uh, uh, it, it even cost me a relationship that I had at the time because I was I was in a relationship at that time, and because I was opening the practice and I was also doing the master's degree, and there was there was so much there was so much priority over over myself. Uh, regarding some some like the relationship that I had at the moment that even it even cost me a relationship so yes, I really think that you should when you when you when you consider opening opening a practice you should get yourself ready for that now the question is because if you get yourself ready i mean if you go and do and, and, and do some management courses if you go and do some leadership courses if you go and do some communication and sales, sales courses will that prevent you from failure and <laughs> it will it will uh, i think um i think you'll be at least more aware of of when the shit hits the fan Mm-hmm. It will not prevent the shit hitting the fan, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. but because also I think that when you when you deal with a lot of um, uh, of issues and pressure, and when the things go wrong, I think it is an amazing way of learning. You know, it is an amazing way of uh, of, mm-hmm. of evolving. So doing mistakes and going through this, the mistakes at the end of the day, it is the best one of the best ways to 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 evolve. Now, would would if I have had the the, the 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 information and the course at that time, would it make a difference? I think I was too egocentric at the time to listen to other people. You know, um, yeah, because I mean, twenty years ago, there was there was nothing. It really, I mean, there were there were a few books. I I, I learned I, I I learned my dental techniques mainly through books. I, I started to periodontal surgery in, in books. Can you imagine? I mean, there was not even online courses and stuff like that. So uh, much less management and stuff like that. I mean, there, there were some books of some strange guys that would talk about that. It was completely different. And it's this is why it's difficult for me to place myself on the on the feet of people that are that have that have twenty years now that have that are out, out of the college now. But I think they are much more aware of that. And I think they are much more humble in the sense that they need to have some other skills. And I think that social media played a big role in that because the interconnectivity and the sharing of information experience has just skyrocketed. So, and I think that the social media culture and the way that you learn by by hearing other points of view, uh, by being exposed to much more, much more issues within dentistry besides the technical part, I think that people are much more open to that. So, yes, I think you need to do that. I think that you need to do a course on management and leadership and communication, I think, or read about that and be prepared for that. Yes, but things will still go wrong. Mm-hmm. And you, of course, that you need to keep learning. But I think it would be a, a, a huge advantage because at, at, at least when things start to happen, I think that you will not panic as much and you think you understand, well, okay, this is happening. Um, and uh, if I don't know how to deal with it, at least I know where I can find all the people that I should talk to that have already had this issue that can eventually be that can eventually overcome that. But let me give you an example to, for you to understand the complexity of what this means. 
Uh, in terms, for example, of, I mean, if you are 20s, if you are 20s um, and you open a practice, it, it's very difficult that you at 20s develop the leadership skills to deal with uh, difficult team members, for example. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy for you to develop the emotional stability and, um, and awareness and the consciousness to be able to, to, to lead a team. Looking back at 20 years from now, I was a complete kid. You know, things, the way that, that I lead today and the way, the way that I deal with people or, or difficult people or difficult situations or just normal situations that, that happen is completely different now because I think that, that, that I'm much more mature now. I'm much more confident. And, and I think that, for example, the, the, the confident part, that to be confident while you are talking to other people, uh, explaining them what is the goal of the practice, when you are 20, at the end of the, I mean, <laughs> this is as simple as this. I mean, I have already developed a reputation, let's say, it, or a small success that people listen to, right? So, so it's completely different. This is why the way that when you give advice to someone, you always have to, to be aware of where they are. So I don't, when I say that they should get the course and the information, I'm not saying that things will be easy because at the end of the day, you'll have to prove yourself. And your word is just your word, and your word before you achieved you, you achieved one nothing is completely different than your word after you have achieved something. I was I was listening to a very interesting podcast from a guy called Derek Sievers this last week, and he said, "Well, I have a lot of people that ask me advice, and he says, well, it's very different because uh, it's like, and he, he gave this very interesting example, which is, okay, let's let's imagine that the goal." is to go to a certain city in, uh, um, let's say, in Brazil. You want to go to Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And people ask you advice, well, how should I get there? Well, it depends on where you are. If you are in China, that's one thing. If you are in Portugal, it's another thing. If you are in the Sao Paulo, it's completely different. So it depends on where you are and, what, and how you want to do this journey. So actually, the, the complexity of advice is, is really, um, it's, it, it's really infinite, you know. And, and, and another thing, this is why I, I, I agree when people say, well, advice is overrated. It's not that it is overrated. It's that it has to be placed into context because at the end of the day, you have to do your own journey. But the more information you have throughout the journey, I think the more uh, productive it will be. Mm -hmm. And it will prevent you a lot of suffering for sure. Um, if I had someone that guided me when I was, which I had at that time, a few years later, I had some, some guidance, but if I had someone to guide me before I opened the practice, if it was not so, so, uh, empiric the way that I did that, I mean, I, I had no clue what I was doing. I just, yes, I start, I started to write some manual, but I had one dental nurse. I, my practice was basically when I opened the practice, when I set the, the, the architecture and the interior design, it was basically for, for, for some visual uh, attractiveness. I, was ne I even never thought about if it is functional or not, you know, um, if it made sense functionally for the patient. I just want to, have to, to make them to have like a good experience. And 20, 20 years later, I really understand that uh, there needs to be a lot of balance between functionality, um, design, and something very important, which is the comfort of the people that work in the practice. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, I hope I'm not extending myself too much, but let me let me let me tell you a story. Uh, over the last two months, I have had two people that are opening a practice that that eventually came to me about that. One of them is a very good uh, girl. She, she's a very good friend of me. She's a girl. She, she's a girl. And she's a very good friend, and uh, she and her boyfriend, they were, um, they, they, just, they just show me what they were doing. And I look at the sketch of the plan, yeah, the sketch, and I was like, and it's very funny because I started to laugh and I was like, I mean, there are so many things that when you don't own a practice that you miss, for example, Small things. Uh, number one, you don't want the patients to see when you open, when you arrive at the practice. You shouldn't. And uh, well, why is that? I mean, because you may eventually arrive late. That's one thing. But even if you always arrive on time, you don't want them to see you. Um, uh, you don't want to expose yourself too much, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't yeah. know for for some people, for for the older people. More experience. This is a. This makes complete sense. But for younger people, you may not feel it's very important. So, make sure that when you enter your practice, you 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 have like like a back door, or if you go into the main entrance, you can eventually not be seen in the waiting room. Okay, that's one thing. The other thing, you need to have a lounge for the staff. You need to have a lounge for the staff. Even if you are only thinking about having like one share or two shares, trust me, you need to have a space where you can, between patients, just go to Instagram, just grab a coffee, just talk to people, make some jokes, relax. see, ask people how they are doing, just relax, just stretch. You know, for example, I am doing the final construction in my practice and I want to have... Um, um, uh, a part in the lounge where I can do some pull-ups, for example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just within within appointment within the, mm-hmm. the, the patients. I want to have a place where people can sit. They have access to the to the schedule software. They can see eventually with with cameras what's going on. They can have a coffee. They can just chill out. They can have they can have fun. They can they can laugh. They can make jokes. And this is so important, you know. This is really important. This is something that people don't think about. So. That would be advice number two. I'm talking from a logistical point of view. Uh, then there are some other stuff, like, for example, you should, should you have a studio? Yes, for photography. I think it's very important that you have a studio for photography. Um, and then all the legal requirements. But those, those two things, like, just make sure you have an entrance in the practice where, where you have some privacy. Uh, and then make sure that you have a common area like a lounge. Make sure you have that because... As time goes by, those moments are very important in terms of the overall health of the team. Okay, then there's a lot of other stuff like uh, legal requirements and stuff like that. And there's and the studio is also important. Um, so so yes, you should have you should have a, uh, a lot of information regarding how you should open a practice, both management leadership. The, the the space how to lay out the space that is also very important um but that that's very and team management. what you just what you just said so to to go to someone that already has the experience and yeah. really to to show everything and to say look 
this is what yeah. I'm thinking of doing. What do you think? Because yeah. one one thing is the idea that we have in our minds and even on paper, right? That everything seems so so beautiful. And the other thing is the the practical if if it's practical or not if it's if it's really something that it's it's uh, it's going to be comfortable for the the people uh, working there if it's going to create a, gr a good workflow and that only a person that already has experience can tell you uh, that maybe an architect cannot tell you that because it doesn't uh, uh, experience a, de a dental practice uh, every day so you should really go to someone that has the experience and and uh, ask as much as you can and and take as much as you can so in in terms of um, of is this something that um, that not only looks good on paper but it really makes sense uh, on a daily on a daily basis so that's yeah. um, that's, that's, yeah. that's, and it's that's interesting because both of, both, both of these people and, and the, the other person that was also um, considering opening a practice, actually she was already, she took over a practice, she was one of the, the girls that was in the course. And we had a lot of conversations and it was the same thing. So people, they don't value the lunch area, the lounge area. So you have this lounge area, there's sun here, just make sure you have a place here where you can just chill out make sure you have that, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and also some other things, make sure that you can circulate between the treatment rooms without bothering anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you have some privacy. Th those mm -hmm. things are really, really, really important, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Of course, that you also have to have minimum space for the, 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 the dental chair, because sometimes people say, well, and for example, I'm going to compare my practice to some, most of the practices that I see. I see a lot of practices having huge spaces for the dental for each dental treatment room. Um, I see like 12, 15 square meters. I have dental treatment rooms. I have four. Some of them have nine square meters. It's quite small, you know. It's quite small. So I don't think you need a big dental treatment room. I think you'd maybe need one if you want to have like, if you want to feel space around you, if you want to document some cases, someone someone doing some videos, that's one thing. But I think that if if you think that all your, all your dental treatment rooms are very big, you'll be basically missing out the opportunity to add some extra dental treatment room and just make sure that it's more financially sustainable. You have to think about these things because at the end of the day, yes, the technical part is very important that you just want to want, want to go and do the job because for the patient, I don't think that they think it is uh, uh, very different to be, everything needs to be clean. You need to have like eventually a TV on the ceiling, uh, but you don't need like a large space. I mean, you are not going for a hotel, right? You, you have to have a good um, waiting room. That's very important, but I don't think you should waste too much time and space um, too much money and too much space on big dental treatment rooms. Um, so that's also, I think, a big, uh, a big mistake because at the end of the day, things have to be sustainable. And yes, you go and you do the job, but make sure that you have a good lounge for, 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 um, mm -hmm. to chill out. And that, that's mm -hmm. a very common mistake that I see, at least from, from, from my part, because once you start to work, 
you realize how important it is those, those little moments that you spend with the team just to, just for connection just for uh, um, team building whatever just to chill out you know just mm-hmm, just just mm-hmm. to to i mean you 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 always told this we always tell this this is you are not family right Mm-hmm. Uh, and you are not intimate friends, or uh, but I mean you want to have fun with the people that but you, you want work to have a good wanna, environment. But, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you want and it, the, the 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 environment needs to be light and funny mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the lighter and the funnier it is, the less drama there is. It should mm-hmm. not be heavy, you know. Because if you don't have a place, if 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 your nurses are only on the 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 the, the sterilization room, uh, the infection room, they have nowhere else to go. I mean, mm-hmm. you are creating this cleavage between who you are and who the dental nurses are, mm-hmm. and everybody stays in their own treatment room. So I really think it is so important to have like a common lounge so mm-hmm. that people can interact and have fun and have a good laugh on, uh, mm-hmm. throughout the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before, I have uh, here some a couple of questions for you, but be, uh, I, want, I want to go in, into something. But before of that, I found interesting that you said when you talked about the um, the size of the uh, uh, of the of the cabinet, and uh, it's yeah. not directly related to that. But do you think that? And uh, I, I I heard you say start small and grow from that, um, yeah. and don't you even said maintain some of the practices that you that you work with, start yeah. small and then grow from that, because. Uh, and you also said something interesting that uh, uh, that you uh, generally you don't know anyone that regrets having a practice. My question is: Do you know uh, colleagues that regretted to make it bigger? Yeah. So the thing is, yeah. you start small. Yeah, that's it. So because I, I that's my experience also. Sometimes I speak to colleagues and they don't regret having a practice, but they regret the mo- they yeah. know exactly the moment yeah. where they yeah. should not have uh, gone, and it's yeah. making the practice bigger. So yeah. um, because when you say start small, and of course there's it's good to have a, 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 a growth and it's a good sign and you want to open another cabinet and you employ other other colleagues how do you think do you know and this is already a little bit apart from the this is not this is going further from opening a practice yeah. but i think yeah. that this line it's important to know to to really distinguish okay i'm good and this is working but if it's working there's always that pressure especially if you have the space to grow bigger right and with yeah. bigger comes bigger responsibilities and uh, so and and yeah. sometimes that makes all the difference how do you think that you can make that distinction it's only financial awareness so um no i i think it's uh, uh and what you, the point that you are touching is very interesting because um, practices that have grown more than have grown more than four or five dental chairs that they start to get like really big. Um, I do know people that could manage that, but uh, most of the people that I know, uh, I think they paid an emotional price, even they don't, even that that, that they sometimes they don't want to admit it. Uh, I see that most of those people they are hostages. And this is something that I don't see being 
um, being recognized by them because they are hostages of the situation. I mean, of course, you are always an hostage, let's say, of the, the your practice if you open one. There's also some you you also have a lot of you always have responsibility. But I think that especially when you when you let your practice grow, especially in the '90s and in the early uh, the early years of the the, the new millennium, I, I think there was not enough knowledge to deal with something which is the crucial point here, which is delegation. Um, because if you start the practice, and, and that, that's something very, that we can discuss regarding opening a practice. If you open a practice, you must have a very clear vision, and this is really important, of what you want to do in that practice with time. And this is something really key in the discussion that we are having today. Um, when I opened my practice, I had no idea, I never, it never even crossed my mind, how many days I would be working in five years, 10 years, and 15 years if I wanted to sell it or not, or which of the procedures did I want to do within the practice? Because basically, I did general dentistry, and then I started to, I wanted to do only um, complex aesthetic stuff, right? And that transition is very difficult for most of the people, and if you don't do it well, you will end up trying to please everybody and end up being uh, frustrated with delegation, wanted to be perfect, okay? Wanted to, wanted to make sure that everybody uh, is as good as you are or has exactly the same time that you, were, that, you, that you have. And then you start to try to please all the patients and you, you, you don't learn to say no because delegation, delegation within dentistry means having the ability to say no to some patients. And things are different now, of course, because patients understand that. But two different scenarios. You open a practice and in your mind, it's very, very clear, very absolutely clear that you want to dedicate yourself to a specific area within dentistry. So even though you are doing general dentistry, the way that you communicate with patients, it is in the back of your mind that you will eventually stop doing the general stuff. And you talk about that with the patient. So you don't create expectations. You don't give yourself too much to the patient. You don't develop dependence. You don't develop, actually, you don't let the patients develop dependence towards you. Okay. So that transition towards uh, um, a time where uh, other colleagues will populate the practice and do some other stuff, that transition will be smoother. It's never easy, but it will be smoother. Now, scenario number two is, you just, just start to conquer it. You start to seduce and attract every single patient. You start to develop like an emotional dependence of the patient to you. You start to seduce the patient, which I did a lot, you know. And what happens is that then the patients start to go to your practice, not because of your system, or, but because of you. They are in love with you. Okay. So if you let them be in love with you, now you have to break relations relationships, right? And that is very difficult. And many people, they, they are not able to stop that. And that brings a lot of issues in the long term, because it, you, will, you will eventually burn out, because you will be doing implants, and then you'll be doing some endo, and then you'll be doing some ortho. If you get into that 
area of you are trying to please everybody, trying to do everything, I think that you will have a lot of issues. And those are, in my, in my opinion, when you try to do everything, when there is no system, when there is no delegation, then you start to get cynical. Why? Because you don't start to believe in anyone. You believe that everybody should work up to your standards. Why? Because you, you, didn't, talk, you didn't teach them. You just expect that people behave in a certain way. You don't have a system. You don't have regular meetings because basically you are only just, just, um, just ending fires, right? So you, 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 you can't uh, be happy with the decision that you make. It's impossible to be happy with that with that decision. So and this you will is have a lot main... of difficulties if you want to to end it. You will have yeah. a lot of dif- lots of yes. difficulties. And this is and this is why I see many people that have wor- that have worked for twenty years or thirty years and say, "Well, uh, I think I grew too much. I'm I'm burned out." Uh, they don't have even they, they don't have the mental space. To be curious about a new patient, do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like you know, you know, when you go to a doctor and he's completely there's heaviness in their face. Mm-hmm. They just they just want to get that want to get the procedure or the appointment over with, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and and I, I and I think that's the reason because you you did you are not aware of exactly what you wanted to do within mm-hmm. five, ten, or fifteen years. If you want to be a general dentist, okay, you can be a general dentist. But if you want to do something else, just make sure that that is in the back of your mind. Because if you let the patients fall in love with you, mm-hmm. you will never, other people will never be able, enough to replace you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's a good catch. We should publish this one. Right? Mm-hmm. If you let the patients fall in love with you, no other colleague will be up to that standard. Mm-hmm. So it's impossible to delegate if you do that. And I did that mistake for many years. I would seduce the patients. I would let them fall in love with me. I was the best, you know. And now it's difficult because I think, I think they, they, they don't dentist, like it when I delegate. Every dentist in the in the beginning of their career do, even, even in an yeah. unconscious way, because in the beginning of your career, you are working with your full attention. Actually, you are very mindful when you're, you start working. Even you listen in a mindful way. So even you don't know anything about mindfulness, but but you work in a very natural way on that uh, on that state because you know you have to give your your full attention to that person. And also in the beginning of your career, you have more time to do the procedures. So basically, you are working towards that relationship of connection, like you said, to, to for the person to fall in love with you, which is basically the person trusting you. Because if someone trusts you, then you have it for 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 life. Then you have it for life, that, that patient. Yes. So the problem is that in the, the beginning, you, I think how, that's how very... Yeah. But the problem mm-hmm. is how do you how do mm-hmm. you gain trust of the patient? For example, um, if you want to show that you are an interesting person, you can use that strategy. Mm-hmm. Just talk about some random stuff. Talk mm-hmm. about interesting stuff. Sympathy. So uh, be char- sympathy. Yeah. Be, be charismatic. Uh-huh. Be se- uh-huh. be sedu- be seductive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about intimate seduction i'm just talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean yeah no and it's mm-hmm. very it's very tempting to do mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's very tempting to do that and if you and do what you, that what, no, what one you... will, no one will be up to that standard again uh-huh. so mm-hmm. if today what would i have i've done difference i don't I, i'm not saying that i would that i, that I would be uh non-interesting what i'm saying is that 
small details within the conversation would need to be present. Like, okay, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, we, we, I, will, I will do the, the, the control appointments. Eventually in the future, we might have like a dental nurse that's going to do this, but just drop in the patient's head that... Um, that you are not the going notion to be the one uh, always... Forever. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. and that we have a team. We work as a team. I'm not a rock star. Mm -hmm. Just small mm -hmm. comments. Just make sure that you tell them that you are not a rock star. You work within a team. This is like a concept, right? So you can still be interesting, but just once in a while, just tell them, or, okay, for now, I'll, still, I'll, I'll keep seeing you, but eventually in the future, there will be some uh, dental hygienist or uh, um, mm -hmm. some guy doing the endo, some other guy doing the implant, some other guy doing the ortho. Uh, just make sure that conversation is, 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 is on the table. And, but I think that the simple fact, the simple fact that you open a practice with that future strategy in mind that you will delegate, unconsciously, you will watch out when you try to make the patient mm -hmm. fall in love with you. Mm -hmm. Because you know, I mean, it's like, it's like mm -hmm. when you are in a relationship, mm -hmm. the way that you talk to other person I mean, if, if you feel there's some interest, you have to be careful. That there's only so much that you can give from yourself. Mm -hmm. you, you don't want to show yourself that you are completely available because it's not true. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Because eventually, if the other person falls in love with you, you are being irresponsible with that other person. Does this make sense to you? So yes, this yes. is exactly what I see that with a patient. If you want the patient to fall in love, you are being irresponsible with the patient because you are giving them your personality like in an open way, and then you will remove it from them. Mm -hmm. Because then the patient will associate the experience with the dentist to be talking to Andre. Oh, he's such a nice guy. We have some interesting conversation, talk about this and that. I mean, Louise is, is, is a much more shy guy. Mm -hmm. And they feel that yeah. difference, you know. So I'm being responsible not only with Louise, I'm being responsible with the patient. Mm -hmm. So I'm just making a trap here. So you have, to, mm -hmm. you have to take that into consideration because you will not never find someone that is in your eyes, in your eyes as interesting as you. People are interesting in very different ways, but you think that you are the best because you are charismatic and it's very easy to fall into that trap. So mm -hmm. you are being irresponsible with the patients if you try to seduce them too much. That's mm -hmm. what I think. So we go back, this goes back to, to you, you have to be very aware of the reason why you are opening a practice. Yes. Because th yeah. that reason will give you the vision and you will base your actions and your behavior and your communication with patients um, and with your staff also based on that vision and what you want to do in the future. So that's why it's very even important. Even unconsciously. Uh-huh, yeah. Even, yeah. So even unconsciously. The same way that you do a, a plan with an architect to, to draw the, the rooms and, and everything, make sure that you have the plan, your vision, that you really know the reason why you are opening a, a practice, because that will give you the, the, the real motivation. And, uh, and I, I find it very interesting when you do this kind of exercise, not only to um, define your personal reasons, 
which uh, of course are, are the first ones, but also to have this vision as uh, um, of the project, right? What you want to achieve with that with that micro uh, uh, cosmos that you're going to create, right? So uh, how can that influence the dentistry the, 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 that you want for the world? You know, so you have that, that opportunity to create really something. So you should do this exercise, not only to discover the reason, your personal reason, and to create your vision for the future, make it one year, two years, five years, 10 years, but also of the practice as um, as, as a company it should have their its own values, yes. right? It should, you should define the vision the for, this, for this living community that you are going to create and will, you will have that power. So that's very important. Which goes way, way beyond yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it will mm -hmm. never, it will never be only a self-reflection of who you are. Mm -hmm. You will have a great influence, but it's much bigger yes. than than you. Yes, yeah. it, because then it it mutates, it uh, it grows, it integrates with the mm -hmm. people that work there. Uh, of mm -hmm. course, you ha can have some control over that, but but you'll never find the, the exact people that have the same uh, level of communication or charisma or technical ability of you. You'll, you'll have someone that are better, you'll have someone yeah. that are worse, you have different people. And and also something that you say in the course that I find it very interesting that uh, that uh, clinic owners have to learn to accept is you make this question, um, how do you make people that work for you care as much uh, for the for the clinic as you do for the business as you do and you make this question and and the yeah. answer is that you cannot because no one will no, care that's, as that's, much as you right course, and you have to accept that that's, that. <laughs> that's the most common and narcissistic that's yeah, the most that's common narcissistic way of of seeing a business oh i want because you get frustrated i want the people to have the same passion as myself that's not so possible. That's another very important thing that you should know before you open a, a dental practice is that yeah. no one will uh, love and care for that dental practice as you because it will be your baby, your project, and that's it. No one else's. And that is not bad. That's not a yeah. bad thing because at the end of the day, it's like you are creating something that has interactions with other people and the culture. It will and and if it's in, it's. It's impossible to do one thing well alone. That's, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. You have to get that idea out of your mind. It's impossible to do one thing alone. It's impossible that you are the rock star, right? Even today, I look at my dental nurses. One of them, she, uh, she's like a designer, and she brought this whole other level to the practice. The other one, she wants to do administrative work, and she brought the whole completely different level to the practice. I mean... It's it's things change and things mutate and you have to be able to dance with that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so so yes, it's you, you have to, to resist the temptation of trying to be the rock star. But like we were saying, you have to get that inside your head in the beginning because even unconsciously, unconsciously, the way that you treat people and the way that you treat patients, the way that you treat staff, you are you are. It's of course that in the first year it's, you have a different attitude than in the following years because you are a more confident person. Of course, you don't have so much financial pressure, but um, but you but you, you still have to, to to treat them in a way that is compatible with the evolution that you will know that will occur in the long term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it needs to make sense. 
it needs to be uh, congruent. Mm -hmm. So you have to be congruent now and in the future, or at least try to. And the same thing applies with the patients. You have to be congruent with them. You cannot be responsible with them. It's like, I'm, I'm going to give you this sweet. I am such a sweet dentist. I am, I, I'm such a caring and sweet dentist in the first year because I only see three patients a day and I'm just amazing. But then you know that in the future you'll not be able to, do, to be like this. And, and you also know that people are not exactly like you. So make sure that you treat the patient responsibly, not to create expectations that you know it would be impossible to be fulfilled with, by, by other team members. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, I, I find very important that I make notes here, uh, and when we start talking in the beginning uh, about um, the, the, that you should develop certain skills when you think about uh, opening a practice, I think that for me, one of the most important things is uh, the that you should really get to know yourself because if you are aware of your weakness if you have to be aware of your weaknesses and your strengths it will make your life much easier right because like you said you will have to delegate if you are aware of your weaknesses then you should it's much easier to start delegating according according to that and uh, and also another very important thing is about boundaries because you really if you are thinking about opening a, a practice, you really need to be very assertive with your uh, with your boundaries. You will have to say a lot of no's and you will have to really draw certain lines and to be really assertive, not not aggressive, but but assertive and to stick to stick with it. And for certain people, persons, this is, is very um, for them Difficult. to say no. Yeah, it's very difficult. It goes to that to that um, to yeah. that kind of dentist that that it, yeah. uh, some of them maybe don't people want to be pleasers. rock stars, but they 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 are people pleasers. You know, there are yeah. uh, uh, dentists also that are people pleasers, and that it's very difficult to say no. Um, and yeah. if you uh, open a practice and you are not able to sustain certain boundaries, if you are not able to say no, if you are not self-aware of, of your weaknesses and, and you don't work on that, then you're going to have a lot of suffering uh, also. So also, let me just add that together with developing certain skills of management, leadership, communication, like we said, um, self-awareness and to be really aware of your weaknesses and strengths it's it's very 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 important because otherwise you're going to have a lot of suffering in in relationships and it can lead you to what you were saying right to what you were saying to being not being able to be assertive with your communication and you are, are sometimes i see this very often uh i see colleagues that are they do it out of goodness, you know, in order to help people <laughs> yes. and to and and they are they think that they are helping, but then they they um, they are tired, they are exhausted, they feel that people don't appreciate their 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 work. So, but yeah. and they they cannot change that 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 way of of acting and the, and again they start to not be uh, authentic because even when they are saying yes they really don't want to say yes they want to say no and that that's like you said even in conscience you feel that on your on your energy the energy that you give uh, to people so i think that this 
uh, a self-awareness of your weakness, of your strengths, even to for you to be able to to work on your weaknesses, and even for you to be able to delegate certain parts of the work that you feel that you are not uh, good on on doing it. It's 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 very 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 important. And I uh, and what I see is dentists continuing to invest in their technical skills technical, technical, technical skills and in beautiful practices. And they don't invest in the part of, of really personal development, you know, uh, on mental uh, uh, yeah. strength and and how to be really assertive, how to to really yeah. uh, um, define this vision of the, what they want, of their goals in order for their communication to match those goals and, and their behavior to match those goals. Um, so I think it's it, yeah. this is very, 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 very important. How how was it for you? You were very assertive from the beginning. Were you, was it easy mm. for you to to have boundaries from from the from the beginning? Uh, I was very I was very assertive in the things that I would that that I would have an interest on. For example, uh. if I was doing a, if I was doing a case that I want to get take good photographs, the patient would not leave the chair before I had those pictures. You know. That's because that that was the reason, like I said, that I, why I opened the practice. But was I assertive with my dental staff? Uh, I think I was. I was excessively assertive because I came from a background of um, my my father owned a restaurant and he still owns a restaurant, and and it's a very conservative and traditional way of leadership, basically based on micromanagement, and this is what I did. So I think that I excessively. Uh, imposed in the beginning my uh, my um, my will, let's say it. Um, but uh, but I, I emotionally I was very mature at that time. And, and, and the when, reason when why did you learn back, that you when did you learn yeah, to to yeah. allow people to influence you? You know, because you, I think that you do this yeah. beautiful dance that you influence and you let. Let yourself be influenced by 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 others. Uh, when did you discover that? When you well, when did you sometimes start? I step, sometimes sometimes I step on their feet while I dance with them too much. And then but, they step on yours but, for sure. And they step <laughs> on mine. But uh, I think that I and and while we were talking, I was thinking about uh, number one: Would it be possible for me to be emotionally more developed at that time if I had taken some courses? That's number one. And number two, uh, like you're saying, when did I develop that? Well, the second question is I developed that when I met Alok in London because I, he introduced me to the whole new world of self-development, marketing, sales, management, leadership, meditation, communication skills. And it was very difficult for me in the beginning because it was a completely new world. In, in 2005, Self-development was people would mock on that, you know. Mm -hmm. What is that? What is that? I mean, in the, in the UK, in the US, it was very different. But in Portugal, we were still very, very, way back. Very, very. Uh, it, it was. It was. I, mean, I, re it, I remember it, when I started going to retreats. I remember when I started yeah, going to retreats. I, I didn't say anything in the practice. I was still working in Portugal when I started going to retreats, and I, yes, I didn't you, I didn't set anyone would, because I yeah they would, people they would think call there you, was a free. Yeah. Yes, yeah. maybe you were like in this uh, 
you were opening like like uh, a, a group or of things, yeah. a cult or something. Yeah, yeah, that that's it. So at that time, it was very dif difficult for me, and I think things have changed a lot. Um, but looking, okay, let's imagine myself uh, with twenty years out of the college now. What would I do? Uh, yes, I think that I would be. I, I think that it would save me much more drama uh, if I had taken some um, self-development courses in leadership, in consciousness. And, and you have to realize that I, I already had some, uh, uh, some notion of that because I remember when I was 20, which is four years before I finished my, my, my course, Amazon, the website started to, to, was just appearing or it was in the, in the first years. And I remember the first book that I bought from Amazon was called The Tibetan Yogas of Dream and Sleep. And I don't know why I bought that book, but it was basically uh, about um, yoga and meditation and uh, uh, the practice of um, focused, uh, focused concentration and, and open awareness. And I started, and I read that during an interrail that I did on the, uh, when I was uh, when I was twenty or something. So I I was already in, in in an unconscious way looking for something more than 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 what was evident. I knew that that that, that, that there was something more that would make me happier besides the the mundane, let's say it. But when I when I when I opened the practice, I I didn't connect those two. Mm -hmm. I, I, there was a big disconnection between myself on vacation and, and the way that I want to live my personal life and my uh, um, professional life. I just mm -hmm. wanted to make money because I wanted to things to work out and then just use that money to be happy, let's say. I didn't have this connection. I, I, didn't, I didn't connect the dots. Now, looking back, I think that was, that was a mistake. And I think that would be probably the biggest advantage if I started today is that I will start to connect the dots earlier because the amount of available information is completely different. And I am sure that I would be curious about doing some, some, some courses and reading some books. And when, I, when, we, when we say about, about taking courses, we are also saying about reading books. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, because when you start to read about the subject, slowly, slowly mm -hmm. you start to incorporate uh, some, 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 some notions mm -hmm. of that. So it would make, it would have made an, a big difference at that time if I could have some help regarding to better know myself and to better mm -hmm. know how to relate myself to other people. It would make a big difference. I am one hundred percent sure of that. Mm -hmm. That would be really really a big advantage, mm -hmm. which I didn't mm -hmm. have at the time, and I had mm -hmm. to learn this. I would say the hard way, but I was very fortunate to after three years of opening my practice to start doing some changes. But even still, the three years that we were open. They had consequences in terms of uh, because we, I treated the patients in a certain way, and then I started to slowly treat them in a different way, more into in the, into an interdisciplinary way. Even though I started to to do systems, which is something that I think it's also important when you talk about people, they don't know how to say no. I think the biggest advice is to start writing the systems of your yeah. practice from scratch. How 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 do people answer the phone? What's the tone of voice that people use in the practice? How do you talk to a patient? The importance of the initial examination, the do's and don'ts of uh, uh, the, the way that treat, but, uh, that staff is that the staff treats uh, each other, uh, mm -hmm. even if it is doctors and nurses. You have to be really, really specific on that. You have to 
be able to show the per people that start to work with you that there are systems and that there are rules. And again, they should be uh, um, they should be created by the whole team. And there should be regular meetings. And I think that 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 will drop a lot of drama. If you don't have a system in your practice, if you if you open your practice without any sort of system, and by system I mean written rules, written mm -hmm. um, strategic goals and uh, operating principles and procedures step by step. If you don't have that, I mean this is really the basic, but we talk about that all the time, and that that will help a lot of people that don't have that. Uh, um, confidence to say no or there are more people please, which we all are in the beginning of our career. We all are. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, thinking about that, I was... Um, when, you, when you open a practice for 10 years and you don't have all these... Um, all these issues when you don't uh, uh, consider them, what I see is that sometimes people are, are in a not very happy place. And we know that. Both me and you, we know because we will with a lot of people that have practices. And sometimes uh, it's not easy to undo the, 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 the mistakes because uh, when, you, when you don't take into consideration that you should learn to develop leadership skills, implement systems, set boundaries, work as a team, and, and you, let that, you let that go on for a decade, it's not easy to go back. I mean, it's more difficult because even your head, it's difficult to unmantle, you know. It's difficult to decode your head because there are so many things that you take for granted. And, and then sometimes we, we talk to them in the question, say, look, look at this. This is the mistake that you have done. And they look at us and say, well, these guys are absolutely right. But I have, I have allowed this person in the staff or a doctor to behave this way for 10 years. How the fuck am I going to unmantle this? Which sort of conversation will I have to do to be able to undo all these things? Because I know it's not the best thing to do. And, and you may find yourself in that situation that that is not a good situation to be with, to be in. And unfortunately, we know a lot of people that are in those situations that have allowed things that even though they, they knew it was wrong, they allow them to go on because they just want to please people. And at the end of the day, we are all people, people pleasers in a sense, right? But if, if you allow that thing to go on for so much, it's very difficult to go to a staff member and say, look, uh, well, I, I know you've, you had this habit of gossiping or you have this habit of talking loud or you have this habit of uh, sometimes making a bad face or like uh, just doing this sort of expressions with a patient like you are bored. But we should change that. And that conversation is difficult, especially if you allow that to happen for 10 years, you know. Mm -hmm. So I always say this, it is always better to stay red for one minute than to stay yellow for 10 years. So it's always better to have that hard conversation, even if your legs tremble, even if your voice stumbles, even if you, if you don't feel confident, it's always better to have that conversation. So this is why, and going back to your first question, which is, I feel very happy when people tell me they are going to open a practice, because when you open a practice, you have the unique opportunity that you will never have to create a microcosmos where things can eventually, where you will have fun. It's like you will never have the same opportunity again mm -hmm. if you don't 
do some things in the beginning. You have this amazing opportunity. And it's like, if you want to go in a direction, sometimes one degree to, to the left in 10 years, you are in a completely different direction. And this is why I get so enthusiastic because I just want to tell them, look, sit down here with me and let's have a talk. There's so much things that I want to tell, tell, talk to you about because you are about to embark in the most amazing adventure in your life. Just sit down here, let's have a drink, let's talk about that. Of course, mm-hmm. I think to myself, but I cannot do that for everyone. But that is, <laughs> if, I like the, if I like the person, that's, that's usually what I try to do. Uh-huh. But it takes uh-huh. time, you know, it's, 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 it, it, can, it, it should be structured, of course. Yes, I think that what what you said it 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 you 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 uh, you uh, summed it very very well. It needs structure. So uh, you, when it's much easier to open something from the beginning, trying to um, change things when you have a practice already for many years, it's 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 difficult. It it's not impossible. But it needs really small, small, small steps, and you need to start uh, building this yes. vision, and you need to start matching your behavior first. Yeah. So again, start yeah. with personal development because sometimes the the behavior that you see in others it's because it's a mirror of you. So you do it yourself, and that's very confronting. That's very confronting. So small steps, invest in yourself, invest in your personal development, start building a system, start building protocols. I say it very often, you have the protocols to the, the clinical procedures, you should have protocols for everything else on your on your practice. Start small, um, but when you are starting from scratch, then you have this beautiful opportunity to really start with uh with um with with your vision really you can really start with your vision you can work on your uh, uh, on your values and it's much easier for you in the beginning if you see something to correct it and to uh, to have that opportunity to to uh, to put it in the manual like you said in the system so you you build your manual based on what you see so you're going to to grow your manual in a very organic way i mean you you teach how to do that in a in a in a in a, in a beautiful way um but it's much easier for things to work to start working from 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 the beginning like like that because if you already have something and with staff working already um, for 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 a long time and it's 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 definitely it's definitely more more difficult it's much much more more difficult so i think that this is very important what you, what you said structure really structure but not only the 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 technical and the financial part that's very important, of course. It should be really well supported. You should really build a nice foundation for what you are building, but also on yourself. Really invest on your personal development. Really, you really for to, for you to be able to achieve that uh, congruency that you were talking about earlier. You really need to give the example. You need really need to set the example. So just the example that you were saying about gossiping, you should be the first one not to gossip. You should be the first one not to roll your eyes to certain patients, right? So so that you don't give the example, so that the, your staff don't try don't start to object objectify patients because we see that uh, uh, a lot. So it's much easier if 
because and and also the systems and the protocols which in the beginning and for the ones that are not used to it seem that they are very uh, strict or, or or boring it's quite the opposite it saves a lot of energy and it really drops the the drama because people like to be guided people like to know what they have to do and if they have if it's very clear then it will give space and time for all the fun parts for the the creativity for the for the laughing for the for the good environment that's uh, that you, for the relaxation that you were uh, talking uh, uh, earlier also uh, so and 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 i just want to say this because i i, I never uh, I, this is also something that i never get tired of saying you are very generous you give all your information you give all this templates you give all the system that you have on your practice you teach this um with such a, a kind and open heart so if if you are listening to us and you are thinking about opening a practice uh really come 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 to our course it's going to be three very uh rich days of learning it will be three intense days but we you will leave with this uh much clearer vision of what you want and how you can actually do it in a practical way and just like uh, like you said in the beginning the course is very interesting because it's not only about the information but then the the outside of the room so the lunch and uh, and and the the contact that we have and it's 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 really always a, a good a healthy brainstorm and uh, and you you um uh, it it's you really guide for especially for for this kind of of colleagues that really are starting a, a a new practice i think it's it's so 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 useful and it really can it's 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 really a a, a mark you know on your on our it's a turning point if you have this information and if you don't have this information it's you can go in completely different directions and if you have this information you will be much more prepared you will have that structure you will be you will be more prepared for that foundation not only systems protocols and 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 all of that but also on the part of the personal development which is so so important the communication the emotional intelligence uh so i think that um that that's the 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 course is really useful for 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 yeah. that Andre, yeah, more things. Sure. Things you need to know if you're thinking about opening a practice. Something else that you want to share? Uh, um, I, I think that we we haven't we we've covered very interesting uh, things. I I guess uh, I completely agree with you. I think the core. I, I I would love to have done a course like the thing that we are uh, presenting to to the students on the uh, that's gonna it's gonna be the third or fourth edition already. So it really is honestly something that I would be thrilled. If, if if someone would present me those three days 20 years ago, I think I would be, I would have something to think about over the next 20 years of my life mm -hmm. and to develop. Um, uh, but uh, things that we haven't talked, the marketing, right? We haven't talked. And I think that um, social media is really key today. You have to be should, in social we media. We should do right? an episode just about marketing. On, yeah. on, uh, maybe we yeah. can invite someone because I don't know much someone. about yeah, marketing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
Yeah, neither do I. And I, I don't think but it's the most important crucial, thing. Huh? But yeah, yeah, but nowadays I don't think it is the most, but it yeah. is, it is mm -hmm. very important. Mm -hmm. And the way that mm -hmm. you market mm -hmm. yourself or the practice, mm -hmm. or and, I mean, there's a whole new world regarding that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think that uh, it's a good way to 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 wrap this up and to to mm -hmm. yes, of course, think, it's really something that can be helpful for someone that's thinking about opening a practice. Mm -hmm. Let me just make you this, this this question about social media. Do you think that the new generations of dentists, they are already wired for that? So it's much easier yeah, for them, for sure. I think, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. They have uh, some of them, they do it themselves. Some of them hire some specialized teams. But I see a lot of practices that are already wired. I, I think that most of them, they are. And I don't think that many people are still... Uh, aware of the importance of that. I think uh, because you still have free free uh, publicity on social media. And I don't think that in 10 years things will be the same. Mm -hmm. I think that you have to take advantage of the things as they are. You have to be creative. You have to either from a personal perspective or from a um, uh, uh, corporate or in terms of the business perspective. But you have to go all in on social media. Mm -hmm. You have to go all in. And by, what do I mean all in? It's not like post every single hour, every single day, but you have to make a crucial part of the marketing, the social media. You have to really go all in and you have to be really aware of the kind of image that you have to pass. For example, I'm not the best person to talk about social media. I mean, we, I am present and I got known with, 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 for, within dentists for, because of social media. Um but uh, I'm one of those guys. I'm an old school guy in terms that I think that my best marketing is the way that I treat that's people what you outside. Are saying. No, don't have, I, you don't have yes, a, and it's not only that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's there, there, there's a catch here that sometimes people, and I think that's a big mistake. I see, <laughs> I see a lot of people trying to be or showing that they are interesting or charismatic or um, attractive or. Uh, competent or whatever they want to show on social media. But then I get to meet to them and it's this huge disappointment. And I think there's nothing worse than that. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you a, have to be real. We, I mean, you can, and you, 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 a, you, can, you cannot show this persona yeah. on social media. And then you are just, you're just an asshole in real life. <laughs> what? <laughs> Even recently I was, I was telling and you're not I, going I'm to not going to place any confidence here. <laughs> Sometimes I am an asshole, of course. But I was I was seeing this person talking about management and management of dental practices, and I know that is every single time delaying payments for dentists up to a point that they have to threaten them, threaten him to stop working. I mean, how can you give courses on social media if you don't pay your people on time? How can you give courses about management if you don't pay people on time? But that has to For do me, it's like you were saying about uh, authenticity. Just, that, uh, and uh, no, I mean, but, but I think I think this is the trap of social media. It has never been easy, and, and it's very tempting. I mean, and, and we all fall into this trap. We all fall into that trap, and I think that we have to have a conscious. And I do that sometimes. Not saying that I don't do. Sometimes I put we myself. All, I, I, I I paint myself in a much more colorful way than what I am. I think we all do that. 
But I, I think we have to have limits. I think that we have to be congruent. You have to be, it has to make sense. I mean, I cannot say things on this podcast. I, at least I try not to say things on this podcast. I'm, I, I try to be aware of that, that are not true, that I don't actively pursue in my real life. So this is why it's so important to talk about the mistakes because half of the things that I do are probably not right. So, so you have to talk about them. I think that you, when you paint yourself in this beautiful picture that everything is perfect, book your appointment, we create smiles, we are the best, we are this. I think this is just dangerous and, and, and it creates this, this difference that it will eventually lead you to a mental place where you are not happy because you develop this persona for social media and then in real life you are not this persona or you, you try to, and then you have to live up up to that persona. So I think that for me, and maybe I'm old school, maybe maybe I am wrong about what I'm saying, but I think you have to be real on social media. That's what I think. I think you have to be mm -hmm. real about the good thing and the bad things. So, and if you are not that good, don't say that you are that good. Say that you are learning, right? So there are many ways that you can market yourself without being an asshole or without, without being a liar. That's what I think. And for me, this doesn't make sense. The thing that, that we are the best or we are uh, the best practice in Portugal. We were the pioneers of this technique. Well, it's wrong. Well, it's, 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 I mean, you have to be, you, you can play a fair game. You don't have to be a liar. You don't, and because lying, and you may say, well, because lying is not uh, um, ethically correct. Of course, that is one of the reasons, but there's a more, there's a deeper reason that you should avoid painting yourself in a color that you're not. That you're not. And that deeper reason is that that will come after you mentally mm -hmm. and emotionally. If you present yourself in a way that you are not, trust me, sooner or later you will suffer the consequences in a bad way. You'll be exposed or uh, you'll be depressed or you will feel that, that you are not yourself. And mm -hmm. so, yes, both of us, we are, we are not ex uh, experts in marketing. And I might be wrong, but I, I think you need to be congruent with who you are. You cannot show yourself in the person that you are not or tell lies on social media. That's what I think. So walk your talk, let's say it, or try to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, I, 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 I totally agree. And I think that it's never, like you said, it's never been easier for you to to build this persona that um, of course that, <laughs> and then it takes a lot of, of energy of you of, of even, you maintaining even, it even, it's, um, and for me and this is now now this is me overreacting to some stuff that i see uh when i see poses on social media and i do it sometimes <laughs> Right. We, we, all, I mean, we, we, we all do. I mean, we, we, it's like uh, I, also like, put the, I also you know, put like <laughs> the good things. Eh? I never put the bad things. I'm not removing myself from that cartoon, but look at the cartoons that sometimes we do. And I see a lot of and I, uh, and I can see immediately when there's an outside company doing their social media, they all tell you should ask questions to the audience. And I see things like, well, we are on the break. We are on, on the coffee break. I go outside. I get some sun. Oh, uh, summer is coming. Oh, what do you do on summer? And I was like, what the fuck is this? I mean, how stupid is this? Who believes in this shit? <laughs> Isn't it? But the thing who is, is that... Who is stupid what? enough? So, but who, who made these rules? 
who was yeah. the idiot that started with these rules? Because I think that only idiots can be attracted to this sort of stupidity. But maybe I am wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I was like, who the fuck created these rules that you have to make questions and you have to look at the sky and place your Rolex and place your tie and get your... I mean, <laughs> at least for me, I think that there's no one in, 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 their, in their common sense that looks at that and that says, this is a complete fake post. It's completely fake. There's nothing truth. There's nothing slightly true about this. So how can you go on? Who are the companies that still advise these people to do these things? I, for me, I just can't understand it, but maybe I, think maybe that, I am wrong. Also, no, I, I think you're totally right. And I think that dentistry is a special, you know, is a special field. And sometimes those companies are, 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 are general and they are used, used to work with, I don't know, hairdressers or uh, clothes uh, maybe, shops yeah. or something. Yes. And, yeah. and it's, yeah. it needs, dentistry needs someone that really understands dentistry. It cannot be an, an outsider. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if you completely... I think that's lose, my, that might be a reason, yeah. And if but you I mean, completely but then, but lose control of your of, of your management of yeah, your but, social media and just do what the what the they day, tell you, then you completely lose your your soul. You know, it's like you don't course, have yeah, this, exactly, this account and they have no soul. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, would you allow that some company uses our image to to say this completely childish and ridiculous stuff? I mean, at least that's what I think for me. Then yeah, Isn't of course, it? but you are totally right. But you you have to 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 be able to say uh, yeah. To, maybe they they think I, that it looks good. You know, sometimes it's all about the pictures, all about the images, and they don't care about that. Yes, you know, yes, and it's like yes, uh, yes. it's just this well, one thing is true. world. Well, one, yeah. one thing is true. If you are a girl and if you want to have more follower followers, just show your ass and your tits, and you'll have more followers. <laughs> That's the reality, isn't it? So yes, if you go through that strategy, so you can even do that the same, and it's it, it's it's fine and it's legitimate. I understand that if you are like that. So I don't think that you can expect to attract certain types of patients if you do that sort of marketing. So you cannot have other expectations. I mean, yeah. if that is the way you market, just accept that you have, have patients that are idiots. That's the reality, isn't it? So you go, oh, all my patients are idiots. They don't want to spend money. Why? Because you, you, your market is based on your tits. So who else would you attract? But uh, but look, that's, that's what that, I see. that goes back to what we are saying about uh, having a vision and about uh, knowing and yourself think... and building. Because the marketing also should should be built uh, on that uh, on that on that on that vision. And I think. I think, and that's, that's very interesting, that's why I, I will, uh, uh, and I look forward to an episode on marketing, because I think that people don't talk about these things openly. I think people, because everybody sells themselves in different ways, people are not willing to talk about the elephant in the room. And there's this huge elephant in the room in dentistry, which is the low level of marketing, the 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 sometimes ridiculous marketing that is done and that people expect that the patients somehow for magical reasons are patients that are intelligent and have money to spend. Mm -hmm. 
patients that are intelligent and have and have money to spend, I don't think that's what I that is, that's what I, I I believe, or the patients that you want to have in your practice that are collaborative that understand things, I don't think that will be attractive to a marketing that has nothing to do with them or that mm-hmm. is fake completely fake. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe I am wrong, but I think there's there's this discussion that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, there's something think that- wrong. There's a big, there's still a big void in in the industry because I think you still have two kinds of accounts. So one is very technical, and you just open the account and you see just just uh, uh, clinical cases, clinical cases, clinical cases, and then there's the opposite where you go to that accounts with uh, with shallow and uh, with no content or something. so I think, think that, that in the industry, real accounts they are they exist, but they are hard to they are hard to, yeah, to find. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think that good marketing or decent marketing or ethical marketing only needs to be about clinical cases. I don't think. Yeah, that. Or, or, or it. Tech- it doesn't I need. Think, it doesn't need. You can integrate yourself. You can be authentic. You absolutely. Can, uh, you can educate and you can show yourself. Also. And yeah. you can mm-hmm. show who you mm-hmm. are. My point. Mm-hmm is that when you are showing some, some, someone that you are not, that is my point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My point is this, that you, you go to the gym for someone to take pictures while you, while you, are, uh, uh, while you never go to the gym. <laughs> I mean, you are, yeah. you are not a sports guy, and you go to the gym just to have a couple of pictures, just to try to convince someone that you are this sporty, highly disciplined guy that does sports every day. I mean, that's fake. You are not that person. Or that you... Uh, you 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 go and have a coffee in a given restaurant just because you want to be seen in that restaurant with that certain watch or whatever. Th- so that is my point. I think that you have to be real. That's what I think. I think that you can show your personal part because I understand. I think I I overcome that. I overcame that. I think that's not only technical, not only technical information. You have to show who you are because at the end of the day, people also search for who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with that. The thing is that trying to get people inside your practice based on someone that you are not, and that will fall on top of you. You will eventually mm-hmm. feel that. That's what I think. And also, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, there are some interesting studies regarding what's the real impact of social media. No, I'm not talking about Google ads, where people actively search for a treatment, but the social media impact, the social media impact on, uh, uh, on dental practices, uh, if it's not very directed, the impact is also it's actually very low. If it's not directed, mm-hmm. if it is directed, or if it is like uh, paid advertisement specific mm-hmm. for uh, patients, for, for treatments, that's one thing. But that thing of you having a coughing and showing the Rolex and showing the Armani shoes or whatever, I think that's completely pathetic in mm-hmm. my personal mm-hmm. point of view. Mm-hmm. But Mm-hmm. Who am I to to, mm-hmm. to classify that? I, mm-hmm. I, I I'm just saying this as a warning sign because it's very important that you reach your 30s, 40s, and 50s, being proud of the image that you have in your practice, and being proud means being real. This mm-hmm. and and, and I, I don't I think that if you are not real, it's very difficult to be to be. It is difficult to be happy if you are real. And it's much mm-hmm. more difficult to be happy if you are not real with yourself. 
Yeah, it's That's interesting I because I, I, I usually say that a lot to to the dentists that I work with, that uh, part of the secret is for them to be able to be real with their patients, to show their real selves. And that's that's possible because uh, a lot a lot of, of, of uh, colleagues, they start working with this mask. We already talked about, about that and they develop this mask. And then there's another patient coming and they have to, when the patient comes in, they have to, okay, a new one and, and they have to about- smile. So, but it's interesting that you said exactly the same thing, but for social media. How about so, talking about mistakes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talking about the things that went wrong. Well, we mm-hmm. do this, but we did all the mistakes to get here. Sometimes things go wrong. This is not perfect because of this and this and this. Why not talk about that? I mean, because medicine at the end of the day is something that you can, you have compromises, you have mistakes. I'm not saying that you should market based on your mistakes, but just, be real for once in a There's while, this, no? you know, just say talking, that everything is not perfect. Talking about social media, I remember I did like when I started uh, there, I, I thought to myself, okay, I have to build uh, an Instagram account, but I need to know how to work things. And I did like an, an, an Instagram course, a mentorship with uh, a few years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, there was this notion that really bothered me and that the, uh, um, they kept on, on, on saying it over and over, which is to position yourself as an authority, you know? So I think that when you take that to, to that level, you know, then you start to do and you, you start to do exactly what you said, you know, you, you lose completely self-awareness and you start to do just like the shallow photo on the, 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 the restaurant and with this brand and this and that because you like you want to be seen as authority and it's like no one can question your your authority so and it, and it's not only for your patients it's for your colleagues and maybe you are selling a course and maybe this and maybe you know and yeah. so it gets to this place where um i think also you sometimes are not surrounded by people that really pull you to the ground and say, hey, to the right maybe. 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 Yeah. maybe. Maybe it's that. Okay. But uh, it's something that, that fascinates me because I think, I think there's so many rules that people live by in marketing that I think that are a complete bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, when I, I did this course, who yeah. was the guy that invented this stupidity that you mm-hmm. had to do a certain pose and ask questions? Who was mm-hmm. the guy? Mm-hmm. Bring mm-hmm. me the guy. I want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I just think that we have these rules that I don't have no idea who invented them, and I think that that they can give you more in dentistry, especially in healthcare. I understand that especially, but in healthcare, they can give they can bring you more issues than actually advantages. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thank you so much for this conversation. That was a nice podcast, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, really, uh, if you're thinking about opening a practice, if you really feel driven and motivated, just go for it. And if you need some help, we are here to help you. Come Come and to us in Sagres. We are, the next edition will be in and October. By the way, we and, yeah. we and many other people, we have our course, but we are not the best in the world. There's many other people that are very good and yeah. learn from many people. Okay. That's we it. are not. And it yeah. doesn't have to, it's just, you said that yourself, it does not have to be a course. You can read books. 
book, you can, of uh, yeah, of course you can read book. You can listen to podcasts. There are a lot of information on podcasts now, now, nowadays. You can just open your mind, you know, and really see, uh, open yourself to information, or give yourself the opportunity to really grow uh, your mind and uh, and uh, and really to be to to be creative. Because I I think that what you said in the beginning is so important. It's to open a practice is a possibility of expressing your creativity. So don't 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 uh, don't shut yourself. Just really open yourself and and read books, listen to podcasts, talk to people, go to I don't know, go to a retreat. Do but do something that takes you out a little bit of your daily routine, so that you can really have uh, and to know yourself yourself better and to to develop yourself in an, in a different way so thank you so much uh, andre Fair and um, i'm going nice we we have to prepare that one about marketing i think that's uh, that but maybe we should invite yeah, we have, someone that yeah we have to invite someone because because, because i'm a, I, as you said i'm a complete moron in marketing yeah. you know um, so, so I, sh I, sh you should not let me talk too much about marketing because actually there's one guy called Bill Hicks and he says that, um, marketers, marketeers ruin the world. And honestly, if I had to say if I agree or not with that, with that sentence, I would say that I agree with that. So I'm not the best guy. I'm not the best guy to talk about marketing, so don't let don't give me too much time talking in that because I I will probably not no, say it's, very it's, nice. I think things. it's very important nowadays. It's crucial, and if you can do it in a, an authentic Absolutely. way, if you can be Absolutely. an expression also of, of yourself, um, because I think, dentistry uh, is at the end of the day is an healthcare profession, mm -hmm. and when you treat people in terms of health, new things are different things are on the table. This mm -hmm. is why it is, you need to be responsible. This is why you have informed consent. This is why things can go wrong. So healthcare is not the same thing as cosmetics. And I think you have to be careful with that. And you have to, mm -hmm. th this is my main concern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, we have to invite okay. someone to talk about marketing. Let's think about that. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for everyone thank you, that is listening to us. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye, Andre. Bye. Bye-bye.